Welcome to Draft Utopia. Chris Ransom and Orm Shiri here. We got a lot of exciting news to break down and some disturbing news, too. Yes, we do. I mean, what do you want to start off with? Because there's a lot going on. Well, let, let's, let's uh, go through what happened in, in, in Oakland. Let's discuss... Uh, this uh, we don't have to go in too much detail because most of the people around the sports world kind of know what happened. Um, but let's uh, let's give let's each of us give a few cents to about uh, the coaching situation um, there and uh, and does it affect the the the, the, the uh, non not the Oakland I mean the uh, the um, Las Vegas Raiders. Las Vegas Raiders, formerly known as the Oakland Raiders, but yeah, the Athletics <laughs> might be joining them soon. We're not going to get into that today. They are going to make an announcement about that at the end of the World Series, so we're not going to get into the, whether the Athletics join the Raiders in Vegas today. That's another topic for maybe next month or a future date, but as far as the Raiders go, John Gruden, um, he said something about DeMory Smith's lips, having the lips of the Michelin man. People perceive those comments as offensive, as racist. And then then there's the homophobic comments about Goodell, homophobic comments about Michael Sam and the LGBTQ community. There was the comments about um, cheerleaders or something that came across as misogynistic. So there were there was one, two, three strikes for these comments on multiple levels. I understand why the leagues kept persisting that Mark Davis do something and eventually got to the tipping point where he had to take action. Gruden just resigned to remedy the situation. And the Buccaneers also took him out of their ring of honor. Yeah. I mean, I don't understand that, that, that he did, you know, he was a great coach at the time. Um, you know, you can't, uh, you know, maybe he's a bad man, but you can't, uh, take away stuff that from what he did in the football world, because a lot of people did a lot worse things in this athletic profession. Exactly. And, and you know, they're kind of going back in time and taking away and, you know, beating up somebody in time or some of these things weren't even, uh, practical at the time. Um, anyway, uh, let's, uh, that's, uh, who, who are the candidates? Uh, who do you think are the coaching candidates and who's your top choice? I know they have an intern, um, right now, but who, who your, um, top candidates for the Raiders to take at the end of the season? Well, right now, as far as coaching candidates, I would say I don't know if Joe Brady's ready yet. I mean, I Carolina's offensive coordinator, Joe Brady's a name that's come up after the team's three, you know, start, but they've lost two in a row. I think Eric B the Kansas city chiefs offensive yeah. coordinators on that list, Brian Dable, the Buffalo bills offensive coordinators, obviously another name on as far as um, coordinators go. Greg Roman, the Ravens offensive coordinator could be another name that gets brought up. So there's quite a few names, and these were coaches we've been talking about for at least two years now. Because right, I mean, I, I mean, not, 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 hardly not, any of these guys got hired after 2020 or 2019, 2020 season because they've been that effective. 
Right. My uh, my uh, leading candidate for this tonight, maybe Raiders fans don't really care for him because he's on the opposite side. He's the Chiefs offensive coordinator, Eric, Eric Bieniemy, and he didn't mention him. And uh, yes, they're the rivals. And that's why I think a lot of Raider fans don't like him. But he's probably the best uh, match. Raiders could uh, also attach Eric Bieniemy to, uh, you know, to 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 the quarterback, uh, Derek Carr, and I think because he, they played against each other so many times. Um, you know, you also, I think you didn't mention, uh, if you want a young coach, you can look to the offensive coordinator of the Cowboys, Kellen Moore. That's another one I don't think you mentioned. Um, I'm or- not sure if he's ready to take that next step yet, and I think the Cowboys want to keep him as the highest-paid coordinator in the league if they can. Yeah, and then the other uh, guy I'm, I'm thinking about is Byron Leftwich, who actually played in the league, is a Buccaneers offensive coordinator. Yeah. Um, and did you? And then you didn't mention um, another guy is uh, Brian DeBall from the Bills offensive coordinator. I mentioned him. Oh, you did. Okay. Brian Dable, yeah. Yeah, so they have a lot of things they're going to be looking in, into that type of stuff. As far as the coaches, and we'll see um, how this intern uh, coach works um, for the for the Raiders. Yeah, definitely. I think there, it's going to be very interesting to see what Rich Bisaccia does here with the yeah. Raiders because I I've been a fan of it since he was Gruden's special teams coordinator in Tampa Bay. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, he's definitely, I think a lot of the stuff stays the same. Um, As we just mentioned, you know, his derogatory and homophobic and all that stuff that John Gruden did, um, you know, uh, that remains to be seen how how he has ties to any of the NFL for at least another two, three years. (laughs) Uh, You know, I don't know if he's going to go back on ESPN or what have you. But anyway, we'll see what happens with that situation, and we'll. we'll but we're going to move uh, now to um, the games going on. Um, we'll we'll go back to the MLB. We'll finish it with the MLB and what's going on over there. But let's uh, go stay in the football realm and talk about the games coming up uh, this week and tonight. So let's start with tonight's game. Yeah, I think there tonight's game should be tonight's game was a lock. Um, everybody picked the same team, but Tampa Bay and Philadelphia. Now, I do think this game could be a close game because Tampa Bay has pretty much backups on their entire secondary. All their starters: Carlton Davis, Sean Bunting, Murphy, Jamil Dean. Their top three: Jordan Whitehead's injured. Um, Antoine Winfield Jr. at strong safety's injured. So their entire secondary, even the nickel corner, out with injuries. And I think that's going to make this game close. And Gronkowski's out for Tampa, too, to make matters worse. So I do like Tampa Bay to win this game 34-28. to I think the Eagles cover the seven-point spread that the Buccaneers are favored by. And, you know, these quarterbacks, Darius Slay and Steven Nelson, they they each had three interceptions combined against Sam Darnold and Carolina last week without Christian McCaffrey. So if Philadelphia's offensive line was at full health, I'd probably consider taking the Eagles in an upset. 
But yeah, that's I mean, the one reason why I'm picking Tampa. I mean, the Eagles do have the rank, the third best league pass defense. So throwing the ball will not be easy for uh, – but I do see the Bucks winning 31-21. to 21. Yeah, it's going to be – the Eagles are going to put up somewhat of a fight, and I get Tampa Bay-Dallas vibes like we saw in the season opener with this game. Okay, let's go to, to um, London. Jaguars, Jaguars and the Dolphins. Um, this is an interesting game because it's a rematch of the national championship between Tua Tagovailoa, assuming he returns this week, and Trevor Lawrence. And... We both went with the Dolphins here. Um, I, I went with the Dolphins because I think the cornerback tandem of Xavier Howard and Byron Jones is really going to make things difficult for Trevor Lawrence as far as throwing the ball. They got Javon Holland in the draft, too. And I just think that Miami's secondary is one of their strong points. And it's something that the Dolphins are going to feast on as far as those uh, – it, I think they're going to get at least one or two interceptions in this game. Um, I do have Jacksonville scoring a lot through the ground, though. I think James Robinson and Miles Gaskin are both capable of 100-yard days on the ground. So I do think this is a high-scoring game, but I'm picking the Dolphins to win by a touchdown, 31-24. The Jaguars do better in London than they have in Jacksonville in recent years. And six of our 11 staff members picked the Jaguars to win, even though we both took the Dolphins. Six of our uh, 11 pick'em analysts took the Jaguars, which is ironic because five took the Jaguars last week against the Titans, and the Titans just dismantled Jacksonville, even with all their injuries. Well, I'm not changing what I'm going to say about the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins are going to win, but like you said, yeah, both defense have allowed 30 points per game. It's going to be a very high-scoring game. I'm taking the Dolphins 30-27. to 27, or I think Trevor Lawrence does come close to getting his first win, um, but uh, I, it might be his first win, but I still think the Dolphins will pull it out. Uh, Pull it out. I don't see an upset happening here, but uh, we'll, we'll we'll see what that comes down to. Yep, Kansas City heads to Washington. It sucks that Alex Smith chose to retire. That's his decision, though. But I would have loved to see an Alex Smith versus Patrick Mahomes game as a fan. That's the only reason I'm bringing this up. And yeah, the Chiefs are going to win this game. Kel, Tyree yeah. Kill, McCole Hardman, Demarcus Robinson, Byron Pringle. They have Josh Gordon, too. You don't think they're upset after last week? Yeah, they don't have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. But I don't think that's going to make a difference because in order for Washington to win this game, they're going to need their defensive line, Young, Allen, Sweat, Deron Payne, to get constant pressure on Mahomes. And Terry McLaurin, their number one receiver, is going to have to get more receiving yards and receiving touchdowns than Tyree Hill. That's how Washington can beat Kansas City. But I think this is going to be another high-scoring game. I'm going 38-24 Chiefs over the football team. Well, in, re- in retrospect, the Chiefs has just got to get this right. Supposedly, this is the right game to get them back where they should be. Granted, they're on the road with Washington. Well, the good news is Washington just allows so many points. I think they're like 35 points a game. Um. They generated two turnovers each of the last three games. Uh, Kansas City 
is waiting for a nice win here. I think Mahomes gets to, out to 500 where they could be three and three chiefs win 34 to 24. Yeah. The chiefs should win this game. Hey. Everybody has the chiefs winning the The Rams face the giants and the Rams, they found a number two corner that can start next to Jalen Ramsey because heading into this game, I thought it would be high scoring for one reason. The Rams had the 31st ranked pass defense heading into the Seattle game. But rookie corner Robert Rochelle, one of the guys I did film cuts on, Central Arkansas corner, he got his first start against Seattle, and he impressed in that game. And you have Rochelle and Ramsey in the one-two cornerback punch. You have Aaron Donald, still the best defensive player in the NFL, with Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard, and Darius Slayton all injured. It'll be almost impossible for the Rams to lose this game, even with an awful performance by Matthew Stafford. And I took the Rams 27-16 over the Giants, and I have the under. The over-under in this game is 48.5. I have the under, and the Rams are a lock on draft utopia. I think everybody took the Rams. Oh, yeah, the Rams here over the Giants. The Rams just a rolling attack. Um, they have over 300 yards per game. Um, it, you know, their running game is great as well. Yeah, they have Daniel Jones, Squam Barkley, but that's just not enough for our, our, our all. The team is, out, I think, is out with some injuries as well on the Giants' side of the ball. Um, so Rams, 30 a big win, 38-10. to 10. Yeah, that's a good pick because I've noticed the Giants have always scored under 20 points in their home games this year. They've been able to score quite a bit on the road, but every home game they've had, they've failed to get above 20 points so far. Texans play the Colts. This is a gay interesting game. Davis Mills had a career game against New England, but Laramie Tunsil got injured at left tackle earlier this week. He's supposed to be out for a few weeks now. So without Laramie Tunsil, the Texans, any prayers they would have had are gone. And the Colts have some injuries on the offensive line too. Nelson, right tackle, Braden Smith, center Ryan Kelly are all injured. But Carson Wentz is just coming off a career game against the Ravens where he had 402 passing yards. He might have another career game against the Texans in this one. And I, I think the Colts find a way to win this game. I've got the Colts winning by a final score of 24 to 17. Let's uh, um, say the Colts, I think they're like, the Colts are just a better team than the Texans, even though the Texans are doing better than they did last season. I just feel that the Colts will win. We're going to go 31 to 24. So you got more of a high scoring game, whereas I've got more of a low scoring game. That's interesting. And I could see that if Davis Mills plays like he did in Indy against the Patriots. All right. Next game, everybody has the Colts as a lock. Next game is Bengals at Lions. And I believe all 11 of our staff members took the Bengals. Um, everybody on the Bengals is at full health now. T. Higgins is coming back. Jesse Bates is coming back. Pretty much the Bengals are at full health again before the injuries they had against um Jacksonville 
So, because they had a few injury players injured in the Jacksonville game, and then Mixon got injured in that game too. So Jesse Bates and T. Higgins got injured against Pittsburgh. They missed the Jacksonville game. Mixon got injured in that game. Mixon back, Higgins back, Jesse Bates back, the Bengals back in full health. And the Lions put Frank Ragno, their starting center in 2018 first round pick on injured reserve. He had a season-ending toe surgery. So we're not going to get to see Detroit's offensive line at full health all season, which is going to make Detroit a candidate to lose a majority of their games. I've got the Bengals winning this one in a blowout 31-10. Yeah, I mean, the Bengals are a better team here. That's why people are picking them. Lions have lost two games on the last second of field goals. The Bengals are 2-2. Two and two. And they have four games decided by three points. Well, that's not to say that much. Joe Burrow um, will need to be – I'm not sure. He's. I think he has like a throat contusion. So Cincinnati, it's going to be closer than you may think. Um, I look for the Bengals to win, correct, but I think it's going to actually be pretty close. I'm going to go with the Bengals 24 24- to 20. Yeah, that's a good score. Um, next game is Green Bay and Chicago. Green Bay is getting Elgin Jenkins and Josh Myers back at left tackle at center. And they're, they're not going to have David Bakhtiari back this week, but he should be back next week. And their team should be back to full health by week 10 as long as they can avoid any more injuries. And Jair Alexander's still out at corner, but I just think quarterback Aaron Rodgers, wide receiver Devontae Adams, and running back Aaron Jones will be too much for the Bears to handle. I also expect their backup running back, A.J. Dillon, to come in and make some big plays as well, as Matt LaFleur said he wanted to get Dillon more receptions after last week's game where he had a career-high four receptions. They want to get him at least more than uh, 12 touches. So I think his volume is going to increase moving forward. And Chicago's defense is healthier than Green Bay's offense. However, without star running back David Montgomery, who was ranked in the top five in rushing yards before his injury against the Lions, I just can't see the Bears pulling the upset without Montgomery. But I do think the Bears' defense will limit what Green Bay can do offensively. I went with the Packers 20, the Bears 12. Yeah. That's a pretty good score. I don't know how they're going to score 12. That would be kind of weird. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm going to go. I think I I, uh, I I don't remember what I chose when I gave you. Fields you will make with the uh, Packers. Yeah, the Fields going to make his first start against the Packers. Aaron Rodgers is 21 and 5 against the Bears. That includes four straight victories. Does that include the NFC Championship when he had when Jay Cutler was injured? I believe so. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. All right. The Bears have a top 10 defense, as we both know. Um, They're the one team that can slow down. The Bears are the one team that could definitely slow down the Packers. Um, I think the Packers will win 28 to 24. Yep, next game features the Chargers and the Ravens. Winner of this 4-1 battle royale improves to 5-1. The Chargers may not have Mike Williams for this game, and Mike Williams has been huge for the Chargers the last few weeks. He did not practice on Wednesday. 
if Mike Williams is out, then Baltimore's defense may have a chance to shut down this offense if Marlon Humphrey can cover Keenan Allen effectively. Quarterback Justin Herbert's been playing out of his mind. Running back Austin Eckler's been fantastic for my fantasy team. And left tackle Rashawn Slater should have big games on offense. Slater didn't allow a sack his first four weeks. He did give up a sack to Miles Garrett last week, but you can't really fault him for that. Miles Garrett, arguably the best 43 defensive end in the entire NFL. And Joey Bosa should dominate on defense for the Chargers. They have the safety tandem with Derwin James and Nasir Adderley, but Derwin, I don't know if he's injured or not. Um, The Ravens, he didn't practice yesterday, but they didn't disclose whether it was injury-related or not. But the Ravens, Lamar Jackson's finally developed as a pocket passer. And he could be getting his 2021 first-round pick, Rashad Bateman, the Minnesota receiver they took in the first round back this week after he began the season injured. Marquez Brown at wide receiver and Mark Andrews have been fantastic. They've dominated against the Colts. What makes this Ravens team so lethal is you have to count for their passing ability as well as Lamar Jackson's ability to run the ball. I have got the Ravens winning by a point, 24 to 23. So the Ravens are favored by three on the spread. I do think the Chargers cover the spread, but I have the Ravens winning by a point. I believe you took the Ravens as well, even though a majority of our panelists took the Chargers. Yeah, I mean, I think I don't – I'm kind of hesitant on that one. But anyway, this is the most exciting game early in this uh, year. It's a battle between two star quarterbacks, Justin Herbert, and two young quarterbacks, and Lamar Jackson. It's an early kickoff uh, for a West Coast team, however. They're playing – on the road, but Los Angeles is 3-0 and on the road um, this early in this season. That's why a lot of people are picking the Chargers. Um, I do see it's a really, really tight battle. I did have the Ravens winning. I could change it, but I'm not going to on the air. 30-27. to Yeah, Baltimore. the Chargers are 2-0 and on the road. They beat Washington in week one, and then they beat um... – Week three, they beat the Chiefs on the road. They, they played the Cowboys at home. They played the Raiders at home, even though that felt like a home game for your Raiders. And then they played the um, Browns at home in week five. So this would be their third road game of the year. Okay, maybe they'll win. Then, then, then I should have said they'll win the third. <laughs> anyway, let's uh, let's go well, to let's- Carolina. Final early game here, Vikings and Panthers. Um, I went with the Vikings. They have their entire offense and defense back at full health. Carolina could. Carolina is likely to get Christian McCaffrey back this weekend. Minnesota has 12 players on the injury report compared to the five players. But all of the players that are injured for Minnesota, at least 10 of their 12 players, are um, practices or limited practices. They're not like did not practice. I've got the Vikings winning this one 20-13 in a defensive game. Um, this was a game a lot of our staff was split on. So I think you took the Vikings as well. Yes, I, I don't remember what I took. Uh, which quarterback do you trust? Do you trust uh, Sam Darnold with six TD pass, six interceptions, or Kirk Cousins with 10 TD and two interceptions? Cousins well, is the better game manager, obviously, but it's worth right. pointing out. And then you have Dalvin Cook on one side, and you have Christian touchdowns. I just wanted to briefly point out how Darnold leads quarterbacks with rushing touchdowns this season, but Cousins is the more reliable game manager. 
Then you have running backs, Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey might return for this one, like you said. Comes down to which quarterback can avoid costly mistakes. Taking the Vikings 25-22. Interesting score. That was the score of the Patriots-Texans game last week. Cardinals head to Cleveland to take on the Browns, and this is a game we both picked the Cardinals because the Cardinals have beaten teams they weren't supposed to beat, and Arizona Cardinals center Rodney Hudson, former Raider, is injured. He's been ruled out for the game, but the Browns have a lot of injuries as well. I mean, both of their offensive tackles were injured against the Chargers, Wills, and Conklin. Um, both, All three of their corners, um, Denzel Ward, Greg Newsom, Greedy Williams, all injured against the Chargers. Clowney, got in, Clowney was inactive against the Chargers. Miles Garrett did get injured in the game, but he returned to the game a few plays later. So I think the Cardinals win this game 23-20. to It's a close game. Right now the Browns are favored by a field goal, but I think the Cardinals find a way to win this game by 20, and it's a defensive game. We do see more field goals and touchdowns, and I've got the Cardinals winning 23-20. For the Car- you know, the Cardinals and Browns both have elite offenses, and former Oklahoma Heisman Trophy winner Kyle Murray and Baker Mayfield will put on a show. Well, let's see which defense could t- uh, stop each other. But uh, like we said, I'm taking the Cardinals 31 over the Browns in 28 in a real tight game. Yeah, and the Cardinals have all four of their top receivers at full health, and Ward, Newsom, and Greedy are all ruled inactive by Sunday. This game could get ugly. It could get like 31-13 ugly, but I'm taking the Cardinals 23-20 in a close game because I think the Browns defense, unlike the other defenses Arizona's faced so far this year, is actually going to put up a fight in this game. And the majority of our staff, I think, did take the Browns to win this 6-5, but Orton, I like the Cardinals. The Raiders head to Denver to take on the Broncos. It's Raider Nation versus the Broncos or Donkeys, whoever you want to call Denver, but I like the Raiders in this one. I believe with the Denver's injuries, um, with Judy and Hamler out, with Bradley Chubb out, with Ronald Darby out, all the injuries Denver has, I just believe that if Ben Roethlisberger can go the entire game without throwing a turnover, the quarterback who emasculated Pittsburgh at Heinz Field, Derek Carr, should have no problem doing the same. Um, And everyone on the Raiders' offensive line had a rough week against Chicago last week, but I think with if you can keep if Colton Miller can keep Von Miller in check, I think that Raiders have a chance to rebound here in Denver. And with Yannick at full health, Crosby at full health, basically the only player on the Raiders that's injured as of Wednesday's um injury report is Jonathan Hankins, a defensive tackle. Everybody else, besides the guards that are placed on IR, Incognito and um, Denzel Good, everybody besides the guards and um, Hankins is at full health for this game. And I think that bodes well for the Raiders with the Broncos having a plethora of injuries at the moment. And the Broncos are favored by three and a half, but I like the Raiders in this one, 1917 in a defensive game. Yeah, I mean, here, here you go again. The Raiders are suffering other things. And I think they show up for this uh, interim coach here. Raiders and Broncos both stuck in two sides. After a 3-0 start to both teams, this is an important game for each 
team in the AFC race. The Raiders sweep the season last year. Derek Carr makes a big impact here. I think shows his fans. He shows Raider Nation, basically. And he shows the players they can pull out a really good game. 31 to 20. That's my score. 31 to 20. Raiders. Yep. And you Dallas and New England now. Dallas and New England. This game's a big game. Um, I This was a tough game for me to pick. And I know a lot of people picked Dallas. But the reason I took the Patriots in an upset is because the Cowboys have a ton of injuries on defense. Gallimore's still injured. I thought he came back, but I guess he got injured again. Demarcus Lawrence is still out. They're saying he could be out for a much longer period after going through the three-week IR period. Kelvin Joseph injured, and Trevon Diggs didn't practice yesterday. And with Dallas having a week seven bye week, I could see them looking ahead to Minnesota. And I think this is a trap game. I really do. I think the Patriots find a way to, um, with all these Dallas injuries, if Trevon Diggs leads the NFL interceptions is inactive for this game, I really believe this could be a trap game for Dallas. And I'm going with the Patriots 34 to 28. I mean, you. I don't know about trap game or whatever. Um, the Cowboys are starting to get a little too much hype, however, you can say. But their offense is still, you know, uh, on the uppity-up. Dak Prescott leads the team, uh, has rushed for more than 200 yards last two weeks. The Pats are ranked fifth in the NFL in scoring defense and will try to slow down that momentum of Dallas. Like you mentioned, New England. I don't know if it's a trap game for the Cowboys, but I think I did take the Cowboys, so I'm going to take them by a field goal, 23-20. to 20. Yeah. And, and New England will f- fall to – they're 0-3 in home games this year. They will fall to zero and four in home games this season. I think uh, they're due for a home win, and that's why. Coming from a Patriots fan, they have a shot. That's all I'm going to say. Dallas is the favorite. I get that. They are the much better offense on paper. And okay, Matt let's Prescott's move to the playing out of his you, mind. Ezekiel Elliott's been playing out of his mind. I get it. I just feel like that this could be a trap game, and the Patriots might be due for an upset. Yeah, let's move to the Seattle-Pittsburgh Steelers Sunday night game. Geno Smith takes over as the starter for the Seahawks, and it's an assignment that he will have to face because big assignment. And at Pittsburgh, the defense has turned up the pass rush the last two weeks and look forward to the return of the big T.J. Watt. Steelers get back to this three and three, win this game, an efficient performance from the Ben Big Clock Roethlisberger Steelers, twenty eight to twenty four. I've got this game a little bit low scoring than that. I mean, Seattle's defense has given up four hundred fifty total yards in each week this season. If they do it again, they would be the 
first team in NFL history to give up 450 total yards in the first six weeks of the season. Najee Harris matches up well against this defense. If they run, if he runs the outside, Ben matches up well. The receivers, Deontay Johnson and Claypool, should dominate this game. Even if Juju and James Washington miss the game with injuries, Juju obviously out for the year, and Washington did not practice yesterday. So I do like the Steelers, twenty-one to ten. That was the score of Super Bowl Forty, where Jerome Bettis beat the Seahawks. But that's my score for this game too, twenty-one to ten, defensive game. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think I uh, I think I would give the actually when you mentioned the boat. I do see that still keeping the Steelers 28, but maybe 28 to 27, not 24. I think they'll win by uh, maybe two touchdowns or 10 points. So instead of 28 to um, 24, you're thinking 28-17, something like that. Correct, correct, yeah. All right, that's fair. Um, the Bills and Titans, could this be another trap game? You know, I was going to pick Buffalo initially, but back in the preseason, I did pick Buffalo to go 14-3, and losing to Kansas City, Tennessee, and Tampa Bay. And they lost to Pittsburgh, but they beat Kansas City. So if they lose to Tennessee and Tampa, they could still finish 14-3. and And I do believe 14-3 and would be enough for home field in the AFC this year. Because the Ravens have to face the AFC North teams, the Chargers. You don't expect me to believe they're going to run the table and go 15-3. and two or a win out and go 16 and one. I don't believe they will. So I do believe 14 and three will be enough for Buffalo to get home field in the AFC this year. And I really like what they done. They added their third round pick. Spencer Brown is now starting at right tackle next to Deion Dawkins, but Tennessee, the reason I'm going with Tennessee is because Derek Henry has just dominated the last few weeks. AJ Brown returns. I feel like there's a greater sense of urgency with Tennessee because they need to win this game in order to stay on top in the AFC South. And Buffalo, Buffalo's going to give Tennessee everything they got. I don't think it's going to be like last year when these teams played, I think it was like a really big blowout, like a 52-7 blowout or something. I don't think it's going to be that big. I have the Titans winning 31-24. Um I will look up the Bills Titans. It was 42 to 16. The Titans beat the Bills 42 to 16 last year. I do have the Titans winning, but I think this game obviously a lot more high scoring by both teams and I have the Titans barely getting the win 31-24 and I'm taking the over. Yeah, the Bills have a case is the best team in the NFL. Um but it's a tricky matchup. You have Derrick Henry, you know, with his uh, with his matchup last year, that was 42-16 victory against Buffalo. Tennessee is still trying to get back. And they could steal the show, but they won't. Josh Allen pulls a big win here, 35-24. That's a good score, and the the one thing I'm going to mention quickly here before we get to the MLB is Taylor Luan, the left tackle for the Titans. He he was inactive for this game a year ago when the Titans won 42 to 16. He will be active this time around, and if the Titans have AJ Brown and Julio, I could see the Titans finding a way to barely win this game. 
But regardless, I do think Buffalo gets the number one seed. Regardless of whether they win this game or lose this game, I still think Buffalo is going to end up with the number one seed the way they're playing right now. I think that's something we can agree on, even if we disagree on this game. Yeah. All right. So let's go to the baseball. And we have the Braves are in. And the Red Sox and Astros will be due. Let's do talk about the American League because we don't know who's going to be going into the National League championships as of yet exactly. So we're going to talk about the Red Sox and Astros matchup, which is impossible to ignore both teams in this crazy scandalous history that's been going on because Mr. Alex Cora. Uh, but we're not going to get into that too much. Um uh, it's let's see what's gonna happen. Fenway Park, minute, 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 way park, minute, minute, made park, you know, the orange juice. Uh, but it's impossible to avoid. Let's see the American League, Astros, Red Sox, um, Houston, you know, has still got these guys that were playing when they were managed, uh, by Cora. Uh, Altude, Cora, Bellingman, so a whole bunch of company. Uh, here we go. Let's see what's going to happen. I like the Red Sox in this series. I really do. I think they make it to the, the World Series. Um, I do like what they got up front. Who's going to be starting the first game? The, they have not announced that yet. Neither the Red Sox or the Astros have announced their game one starters for Friday night yet. But I do know that Julio Urias is going to face Logan Webb in game five of the Dodgers. I, I know that, but we're not going to talk about that yet. <laughs> but I don't really know who's going to be pitching in the ALCS. But I do think the – I don't know who's going to win this, to be honest, because – I'm going to go with the Astros because I just think their experience, this is like their last year. Carlos Correa is an unrestricted free agent in the offseason. So the Dodgers could get Carlos Correa if they lose to the Giants tonight. They could. They could go out and get him as an unrestricted free agent in the offseason. I mean, the Giants could make a push for him. The Astros, I know A.J. Hinch, former Astros manager during the uh, – Sign-stealing scandal the Astros are in is now the manager of the Detroit Tigers. I would think they're in play for Carlos Correa. The Cubs could be in play for Carlos Correa. I know my Cleveland Indians, now the Guardians, will not be in play for Carlos Correa, unfortunately. But Carlos Correa is going to be the biggest unrestricted free agent when 2021 um, winter meetings leading up to the 2022 MLB free agency period approaches. So that's why... I've got my eye on Correa because I think he's the difference maker in this series. And with him in that big contract year, I've got the Astros in seven games. And But I do think the Dodgers, if they beat the Giants, whoever wins this game between the Giants and Dodgers, that team beats the Braves and then beats the Astros in most likely. I just think the Astros League's stronger this year. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, that's true. I believe the National League is definitely stronger. Uh, let's move to the National League now. now at the moment, as you know, the Braves have won the Brewers. Uh, uh, in the, and so you're taking the Red Sox, correct? You're taking the Red Sox over yes, the Astros. Yes, I'm taking the Red Sox over the Astros, yes. Okay, okay perfect. 
Let's move to the National League. Yeah, so National League, as we all know, the Braves um, won the Brewers in the first uh, matchup. The Brewers uh, had a nice, solid decision in the pitching mode, but they just did not overcome the, the Atlanta Braves. So the Atlanta Braves are going to NLCS. NLCS. Add the home run in game four. And the Braves were in this position last year where, you know, the Braves are, if they play the Dodgers, I think the Braves would get home field because they were seeded higher, even though the Dodgers won more games. I don't know exactly how that would go if the Dodgers won because you could make the argument since the Dodgers won more games they should get home field in the series. But, I, I mean, Braves are seated higher, and the Dodgers did get in as a wild card. Hey, bro, hey, hey, I got to cut it short today. I, I apologize. Um, but uh, let me – let me. Uh, I, I didn't even know the time. I'm sorry. <laughs> so you finish up the thing for, for I'm us. I'm almost done, Orin. Like, I, I, I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. I just realized I got to get to work, bro. Just cut right, that part So up. I'm almost yeah. done with what I was going to say. But Yeah, I know. I know. I know. That's okay. So. All right. So welcome back to Draft Utopia. Well, Orin had to go to work, obviously. You can tell by the urgency. I want to thank Orrin for calling in, but I wanted to get my closing thoughts on the uh, series before we signed off for good. And I feel like whoever wins tonight's Dodgers-Giants game will be the team that ends up in the World Series against the Astros. But regardless of who wins, I think Orrin's picking the Dodgers over the Red Sox. Just for clarity purposes, I can message him after the show to confirm that. When he's not busy, like later around an hour before game time. But I'm looking at the Giants-Dodgers winner probably beating the Braves in the NLCS. Although if the Dodgers win and the Braves have home field, that's going to make the series more interesting. And I would, I do think it would be cool to see the Braves win the World Series after the MLB denied them the All-Star game due to the voter laws. Because if they won the World Series in Atlanta... That would be a big middle finger to Commissioner Rob Manfred for taking the All-Star game out of Atlanta and putting it in Colorado. So, a part of me is rooting for the Braves to win it all this year. Do I think they'll go all the way? No, I don't. But the fan in me is rooting for the Braves because of what happened during the All-Star game, and I just think that is one way the league could make it up to the Braves by taking away... The because a lot of fans are still pissed about that. And if the Braves win the World Series, fans will forget about that. They'll be like, oh, the MLB took away our All-Star game. But we won the World Series, so we're good now. Some fans might still be upset about that, and that's fine. But I really believe if the Braves win the World Series, it'll put the whole All-Star argument or MLB playing politics to bed. But we'll see what happens with that. Um, some NHL updates on Tuesday night. The Penguins defeated the Lightning and the Vegas Golden Knights won. Um, some NHL games from last night. Maple Leafs beat the Canadians 2-1. The Capitals destroyed the Rangers 5-1 on TNT last night. 
um, Ovechkin and Hendricks LaPierre, the Washington Capitals 2020 first round pick, got his first career goal. Anaheim Ducks defeated the Winnipeg Jets 4 to 1. And Mason McTavish, who was drafted third overall in 2021, he's already on the Ducks roster, which honestly kind of surprised me. I didn't think anybody from the 2021 NHL draft would make the opening night roster. So the fact that Mason McTavish got on the roster, that that's a that's a huge win for the Ducks because now they have a chance to do something with um, Mason McTavish. Mason McTavish being the only rookie from the 2021 NHL draft on a roster at this point. It gives the Ducks a shot now. Um, the Avalanche defeated the Chicago Blackhawks 4-2, and they just took care of business, and Edmonton defeated Vancouver 3-2. And there are a few games tonight, um, mostly local games. Dallas plays the Rangers. They open up the season at the New York Rangers. Montreal heads to Buffalo, Toronto heads to Ottawa, Pittsburgh heads to Florida after their road win over the Lightning. The Blue Jackets host the Coyotes, the Islanders play the Hurricanes, Tampa Bay plays the Red Wings, Iserman, former Lightning GM, plays his former team to open up the year, the Seattle Kraken play the Nashville Predators, and the Vegas Golden Knights head to the Staples Center to take on the Los Angeles Kings. But you saw some NHL games on ESPN and TNT. I'm kind of curious to see how TNT is going to incorporate. I'm guessing TNT is going to have Wednesday night games on TNT, and they're still going to have NBA on TNT for Tuesday and Thursdays, but they're going to have games on Wednesday once a week. So, And I'm guessing in the spring they'll have the games on ESPN. I still think like the Winter Classic will be on ESPN. The NHL Draft should be on ESPN. The um, Thanksgiving Classic for the NHL. That should probably be on ESPN. But outside of the Winter Classic, the Thanksgiving um, showdown, and the opening day, I don't think ESPN is going to cover a lot of games early in the year, but I could be wrong. And if they do cover more games on NHL, I probably will watch them because that gives me a reason and an incentive to watch ESPN. And the NBA starts next week. The regular season for the NBA starts on Tuesday. So... That pretty much covers that. Spencer Rattler getting benched for Caleb Williams didn't surprise me. It's something Joey and I discussed at the end of last Saturday's episode on TalkShoe. And, you know, I, I'm i not a fan. I've never really been a big Rattler fan. Only reason I ranked him, and I had him as QB3. I had Sam Howell and Carson Strong as my QB1 and QB2 in the preseason. Rattler was third. His arm talent from 2020 had you thinking he had Patrick Mahomes-level arm talent, but the intangibles that Mahomes had, the footwork, the progressions, the mechanics, the accuracy on his throws, Mahomes had those traits, and Rattler didn't. So the people that compared Rattler to Mahomes because of his playing style are freaking idiots. And now Caleb Williams is in. Caleb Williams reminds me a little bit of Kyler Murray. I know Joey compared him to Baker Mayfield, but... Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the rest of this college football season because my running back rankings, my quarterback rankings, and my fullback rankings are updated. I probably will start working on the wide receiver rankings as early as tonight. So that'll be fun. And then, yeah, so I'll be working on that tonight. And that will pretty much wrap this episode of Draft Utopia up.
We'll be back on Saturday. Haven't decided whether we're doing an NBA-style show or if we're just going to have fun with the NFL, maybe talk some college football. Uh, because I am working on a 2022 NBA mock for Draft Utopia, but I haven't decided what direction we're going to go in with that. And I'd just like to thank Oren for calling in one more time and taking 40 minutes out of his busy day to talk sports with me before he had to get to work. So Chris Ransom signing off. See you next. See Saturday on Talk Shoe and next time on Anchor whenever we go live on Anchor.